0: Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Viv, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this 17th Sunday after Trinity. Please know that you're always welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. I'll I'll turn your attention to the inside of the back cover of the bulletin where we have our Focused on Christ section, a summary of our readings for for the day. Do not put yourself forward in the King's presence, we read in Proverbs 25 this day, Rather, take the lowest position at the table. Humble yourself before him, for your place is not for you to take, but for him to give. Conduct yourself with all lowliness and gentleness, bearing with one another in love, St. Paul writes, that the King may give you glory in the presence of those at table with you. (coughs) Pardon me. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Is not this the way of Christ? He is the one who took the lowest place, who humbled himself even to the point of death for us. He is now exalted to the highest place at the right hand of the Father, that penitent believers may be exalted together with him in the resurrection. To the humble at his supper, he says, friend, move up higher, giving you his very body and blood for your forgiveness, that you may ascend to take part in the great wedding feast, which has no end. Our service this day is the Office of Matins. As it begins on page 219, we now sing the first hymn. The Old Testament reading for the 17th Sunday after Trinity is from Proverbs chapter 25. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great. For it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble What your eyes have seen, do not hastily bring into court, for what will you do in the end when your neighbor puts you to shame? Argue your case with your neighbor himself, and do not reveal another secret, lest he who hears you bring shame upon you, and your ill repute have no end. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver, like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. He refreshes the soul of his masters. Like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of a gift he does not give. O Lord, have mercy upon us. The epistle is from Ephesians chapter four. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. O Lord, have mercy upon us. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Now he told a parable to those who were invited, when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The sermon this day is based upon the gospel reading, which was just read. Well, they didn't know it yet, but their plan had already blown up in their faces. One Sabbath, a ruler of the Pharisees invited Jesus to dine with him and his guests, among whom were experts in the law of Moses and more Pharisees. They were all watching Jesus carefully because they had evil intentions. They wanted to trap him. St. Luke says, And behold, there was a man before him, that is before Jesus, who had dropsy. Now, whenever you see behold in the Gospels, pay attention. It is as if St. Luke is saying, holy cow, look at this, or wow, would you look at that? Now, this man with dropsy, or edema as we now call it, he was not there by mistake. Whether he knew it or not, he was part of the Pharisees' plan to trap Jesus. They wanted to see if he would heal someone on the Sabbath, an action which they would view as breaking the Sabbath. Now, this wasn't the first time that this issue had come up. In fact, there are several instances in Jesus' ministry when he had healed the sick, cast out demons, and even with his disciples plucked heads of grain from the field on the Sabbath. In fact, just one chapter before our reading today, a ruler of a synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said this to the people, there are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. Clearly, this was a big issue for the religious officials of Jesus' day. They viewed Jesus as being a serial lawbreaker. Meanwhile, Jesus had made his stance on the matter quite clear when he said, The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. So, the Pharisees laid out the bait. They knew Jesus to be compassionate toward the sick, afflicted, and infirmed. Therefore, behold, there was a man before Jesus who had dropsy. Now, knowing the context of this issue, listen to Jesus' question again. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Can you hear the pointed nature of Jesus' words? The Pharisees are caught in their own trap. They're trying to trap Jesus according to their flawed and ultimately sinful understanding of the Sabbath. We are told they remained silent. They know the right answer, but they cannot say it out loud. They just can't bring themselves to actually admit it. What is more important? Showing mercy and love to your neighbor, which is the fulfillment of the law itself, or looking extra pious and holy in the eyes of your holier-than-thou peers. Jesus answers his own question by taking the man with dropsy, healing him, and sending him away, something which would have further angered the Pharisees because in taking the man, as the text says, well, that very likely meant that Jesus touched this man, this man who was unclean. Nevertheless, from his great compassion, Jesus healed him, and now he would go to work on the Pharisees and the experts in the law. He said to them, which of you having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Jesus reveals their hypocrisy and he shames them. And yet they say nothing. Think about it like this. It's Sunday and your child's out playing in the yard and suddenly they scream. Now this is not the scream of children playing. This is a scream of urgency, of fear, and of pain. I don't even have to ask you, what do you do? You immediately rush to the aid of your child. The response is automatic. And the Pharisees, they knew this as well as you do. Jesus was pointing out their ridiculous stance on the matter. Moreover, even if it were just an ox that had fallen into a well on a Sabbath, you're not going to think, well, that sure stinks. Got to wait till tomorrow, Mr. Ox. No, no, not at all. You're going to get the help of your friends and neighbors and you're going to spend the afternoon and likely the early part of the evening pulling that ox out of the well. Jesus confronts the Pharisees' hypocrisy and they silently wilt in their shame. Folks, this is where a false understanding of the Sabbath day will get you. The Pharisees were stuck in their false thinking as though it were quicksand. Jesus longed to free them. He was revealing their sins so that they might be led to repentance, that they might confess their utter failure and sinfulness and their understanding of his law, and then instead seek their rest and refuge in he who is the Lord of the Sabbath. And yet, they did not repent. See, Jesus confronted them many times about this, even telling them in Mark 2.27, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Now, since the Sabbath day is a big deal in the gospel lesson today, let's just take a moment and review the third commandment, shall we? What is the third commandment? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching in his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear it and learn it. In the small catechism, Dr. Luther reminds us of the purpose of the Sabbath, to rest in God's word and delight in the preaching of it to hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. He fleshes out this meaning even more in his hymn on the commandments. Of the third commandment, Luther wrote, You shall observe the worship day, that peace may fill your home and pray, and put aside the work you do, so that God may work in you. Have mercy, Lord. To hold God's word as sacred means that you treat it and regard it as sacred, holy, and good, It's in the book of Hebrews that we read the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is not just some dusty old dead words on a page. The word of God, the word of the Bible, is inspired by God. That is breathed out by God. The men who wrote the Bible, they were not just offering up their pious man-made opinions, no. They wrote the word which the Holy Spirit gave them to write, and it is therefore without error. St. Peter testifies to this, saying, No prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It is this inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God which in the law reveals your sin and in the gospel reveals your savior from sin. The living and active word of God makes it clear that no amount of good thoughts, words, or deeds will atone for your sin, not at all. The Pharisees and so-called experts in the law thought they could earn God's favor with their keeping of the law and their keeping of man-made rules which they had added to his law. We also saw this In Luther's time, when the monks and nuns, they strutted around, doing all of their man-made holy works, all the while defiling God's law and doing so with no repentance in their hearts. This is the height of foolishness. Only the sacrifice of Jesus covers your sins. In the cross, we see both the crescendo of God's law and also the very pinnacle of his mercy and his grace towards sinners. In the beaten, crucified, and dead body of Jesus, we see what our sin deserves. However, in the sacrifice of our Savior, we see also the incredible love of God that he has towards sinners. On the cross, Jesus proclaimed, It is finished, and in his resurrection, we see the flesh and blood proof of his victory over sin, death, and Satan. For he is risen, he is living, and reigning at the right hand of God. And all of this for you. Christ Jesus is our forgiveness. He is our life, our salvation, and he also is our rest. You see, we can rest in Christ because the work necessary for our salvation is accomplished in his flesh and blood. Jesus is our Sabbath rest because he has saved us. There's nothing left for us to add. Jesus didn't do 99% of what was necessary for your forgiveness and salvation. He did it all, 100% Completed, finished, accomplished, period. The promises of God are fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Your forgiveness is bought and paid for with the blood Jesus shed on the cross. And your resurrection is as sure and certain as Christ's resurrection. So that there would be no doubt as to how we receive these gifts individually, Jesus gives us his word and sacraments. In these, he gives you his forgiveness, his life, his salvation, and his rest. And so, beloved in the Lord, the rest your Heavenly Father desires for you on this, his day of worship, is that you physically come to his house, gathered by his Spirit, in his name. You confess your guilt, your shame, all your sinful shortcomings, of which we all have so very many, countless. And then you receive his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, and his peace. All of which are yours through faith in Christ Jesus. In other words, you gather in your Father's house to receive His gifts. You gather at His table, at His call, His invitation to receive His feast of His body and His blood, which gives to you His mercy, which gives to you healing and pardon for sin. To those whose consciences are burdened by their sin, Jesus gives rest. To those who have been humbled and brought to repentance by His law, He says, Friend, move up higher. Come to my table, eat my meat, drink my wine, feast on the forgiveness I purchased for you in my death and resurrection. Jesus, who humbled himself to the point of death on a cross, now invites you to his table. The Son of Man, who is the Lord of the Sabbath, he died in your place on the cross as the ultimate lawbreaker in order that you might have rest and peace in him, in his works for you in his word and promises for you, his body and blood given and shed for you. You see, Sunday is not a day to put on a holy act for your friends, family, and peers. No, it is a day to return to your heavenly father's house to confess your sins and receive his mercy, forgiveness, and to receive rest for your souls. In your father's house, gifts are given which cannot be received anywhere else. And he lavishes them upon you until your cup overflows what's not to love who would not delight in this good news Jesus said everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted in the Lord's presence we do not exalt ourselves by his spirit we confess that we're not even worthy to be in his presence at all and in a completely unexpected turn of grace I mean who would ever see this coming he exalts us saying friend Move up higher. Dear saints, you have a place at his table. The Lord of the Sabbath has called you his friends, his beloved ones. Therefore, let us hold his word as sacred and gladly hear and learn it. For Christ alone has the words of eternal life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Lord, we implore you, grant your people grace to withstand the temptations of the devil, and with pure hearts and minds to follow you, the only God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For faith to treasure our place of honor at the table of the Lord, which he won for us through his humble sacrifice, and for boldness to spurn the foolish honors of this world, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this congregation, its mission, and its people, for the ability to do the work God has given us to do, and for the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who are married, that they would continue to be faithful to one another in their marriage vows and welcome God's gift of children in this union as He wills it. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For all those mired in the disputes of our nation, that God would grant wisdom and a desire for justice, godliness, and the common good. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have in thanksgiving for the joyful news that David Kirsten has been granted full ownership of his service dog Nigel and that God would continue to bless and keep David and Nigel in his gracious care and protection. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For those who are afflicted, recovering from sickness, or are shut in, especially the Reverend Brian Thorson, John Mottman, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips for those who grieve the loss of loved ones, especially the Kornacki family, for the dying, that God may grant them peace at the last, and for hope that we may anticipate with joy the blessed reunion of those who have gone before us at the marriage supper of the Lamb in His kingdom without end. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For a humble faith, for joy in the mercy of God, who has raised up the poor and undeserving and given us a place at His table, And for the work of the Spirit to bring us to repentance and keep us from thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who will receive the Lord's supper today, that they would do so in repentance and faith, and for the whole body of Christ, that all believers would be strengthened through the forgiveness of sins promised in the Scriptures unto life everlasting, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. These, and whatsoever other things you would have us ask of you, O God, grant us for the sake of Jesus Christ, your only Son, our Lord and Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Well, again, good morning and welcome on this uh, beautiful crisp fall day which the Lord has given us here. Of course, we have Sunday school and Bible study immediately following worship this day. And then also uh, this coming week, our Wednesday schedule is we're uh, continuing through our different catechism classes at midweek school uh, beginning at, uh, at 3.30. And also please note at 9 o'clock this Wednesday, our Lutheran Confessions study group does meet this week. Uh, but then later on that evening at 6 o'clock, our workout class followed by choir practice at 7. And also want to draw your attention to an opportunity that's coming up here on the 16th uh, the, the Singing Saints of St. Paul Lutheran High School, they're going to be in Waverly uh, for their annual uh, Down by the Riverside concert. Um, that's going to be at Eagle Bluff Ranch in Waverly. All the information is included in the bulletin there concerning that. And There's also a flyer hung up in the hallway that you can also reference as well. And then also uh, our Circuit Reformation Service, this is going to be at the end of the month at 4 p.m., uh, and the reason why I say Circuit Reformation Service is because, well, all of our sister congregations in the area here will be joining uh, together for that. It's hosted at Emanuel Lutheran in Salisbury this year, so that's about an hour drive. Uh, the Reverend Glenn Goods, who is our circuit visitor, he will be the liturgist, and the Reverend Noah Bergdorf will be preaching that day. Anything at all that I may have missed in the announcements this week? It's kind of a concise week, right? There's not a, not a whole lot of extras. It's a little quiet, which is good, but unusual. It's been such a busy time lately. Well, go in peace knowing that you are God's forgiven and beloved baptized children, that he calls you to his table and that you can live in that peace of everything being accomplished by Jesus for you. I'll greet you at the door.